Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Passover is the most solemn occasion of the year. You can learn a lot more about this special observance by requesting your free copy of Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days Witch at thetrumpet.com. We also have a pocket calendar that shows you when, which dates of the year these days should be kept every year. And also a nice Live by Every Word episode by Mr. Dwight Falk last week titled The First Step in God's Plan. And you can find that over at kpcg.fm. But Passover is such an important event every single year for members of the Philadelphia Church of God. And if you have questions about how to keep this day or whether you should be keeping it, you can contact the Philadelphia Church of God and ask to speak with a minister. This day pictures the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, Christ did suffer horribly to pay for our physical and spiritual sins. A lot of people don't realize the difference between physical and spiritual sin. But God's church teaches about that. Physical sin falls in the realm of the health laws and doing things that would break those health laws and cause sickness, injury, or death. While spiritual sin involves breaking God's Ten Commandments and doing things that are against God's perfect holy law and Christ was sacrificed for both. He suffered before dying to pay the penalty of broken physical laws and to remove the sickness or other affliction from us. When we go through the healing process, the way that God commands, God always wants to heal but he does have conditions for us, faith and obedience. And we have to request an anointing and go through all of that. But then also Christ actually died as well. So after all that suffering, he also died to pay for spiritual sins. And the Passover every year is a memorial of that epic sacrifice. The Passover each year is kept in March or April, right around this time of year. And it's such an important time of year for us, not just because of that night, but also because of what leads up to it. The late Herbert W. Armstrong wrote on March 18th, 1985 in a coworker letter, 
about the Passover and about what we should be doing leading up to that time. And he compared God's work to a business, basically. And not just God's work, but each of us individually. Now, now, obviously, God's work is not operated for profit. The money generated goes into preaching God's truth to the entire world and warning the world and giving people hope. It's not about hoarding as much cash as possible and trying to get rich. So, of course, God's work is very different from a business in some very important ways. But there are also some parallels, as Mr. Armstrong pointed out. And it's that way in our own individual lives as well, running our lives like a business. Here's what Mr. Armstrong wrote. Now is the time to take a quick inventory of our lives. A man running a business takes inventory of his stock each year. Each individual runs a very important business, his own life, especially if he has been called out of this world into God's earthly family, the church of God. The business each of us is managing is our own lives, what we are building, and we are in the building business, is perfect, righteous character the very character of the eternal God. But in this business, in today's modern world, we have competitors on every side. Those in Satan's world are in the competing business of building Satan's character. Now that's a pretty unique way of looking at it, especially that last part, I think, building Satan's character. Obviously, Satan doesn't have any sort of godly character at all. And for us to build Satan's character would mean just doing nothing. It would mean just doing what comes naturally. It doesn't really take any effort to build Satan's character, and yet we would still be building something. By contrast, it takes tons of effort to allow God to build his character in us, submitting to God, even in our desires and our thoughts, every word and deed. It is just an incredible, miraculous process as God works in us to build his character. So this concept of building a business and taking inventory of that business in our personal lives is quite fascinating. And it does remind us of Luke chapter 16. Jesus Christ here gave the parable of the unrighteous steward. And so we'll just go through a little bit of this. It's pretty fascinating. A lot of people misunderstand what this is really all about, but it does relate to us at this time of year before Passover and as we take inventory of our lives and as we support God's work as well. Luke chapter 16, starting in verse one, and he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man 
who had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you may be no longer steward. So this steward, this resource manager, (laughs) this personal assistant of sorts, is being accused by a rich man of mismanaging the resources. And he's in danger of being fired, perhaps even getting in more trouble. Verse 3 here, Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord takes away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So this is just continuing into verse 5 as well and, and past that. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owe you unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owe you? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take your bill and write fourscore. So eighty instead of a hundred. This steward is going around to everyone who owes money to his Lord, and he's giving them a discount. At least he's trying to collect some of the payments. Verse 8 Verse 8 here in Luke 16. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Continuing, verse 9. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when it fails, it should say, when it fails, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. So this is pretty complex to understand. The way that Christ expounds on this and explains this to us, we have to pay pretty close attention to grasp what it's all about. But it says there, Luke 16, verse 8, the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Now, what could that be talking about? How could we possibly say that worldly people might be wiser than God's own people? This comes right after the example of the unrighteous or the unwise steward. And this example is an indicator of what Christ is talking about. The unjust steward is being pretty resourceful here, right? He's taking urgent action to help collect the debts owed to his master. And in fact, he pleased his Lord by doing so. He was able to give a good account of his ability to manage physical resources. He was able to collect some money to present to his Lord 
and his Lord was able to calm down and not be so upset with him anymore. So obviously that is a way where worldly people might be better than God's people. They might be more skilled in some of these physical materialistic areas. Now that does not mean we should all become obsessed with making money and tracking money and all of that. We don't want to have the wrong mindset in that way, but it is pretty important to think about. There is a lesson we could still learn from it. As it says there in Luke 16 verse nine, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. Now, that is not saying to make close friends with the world. God repeatedly tells us in the Bible, such as in Revelation chapter 18, to come out of the world, come out of Babylon, be separate, be a light to the world, but don't be a friend of the world or else you're an enemy of God. So what does it mean when it says to make friends of the mammon of unrighteousness? Well, mammon is talking about money. It's talking about our wealth. And there are ways that we could use the resources God gives us to make friends. The end of verse 9 says about those friends they may receive you into everlasting habitations. So the whole point of this unjust steward example is that there is a way to transfer from physical wealth into spiritual success. Now, maybe that needs some more clarification too. friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. There is a way we could use the resources God has blessed us with to make everlasting friends. There is a way we can support God's work and reach more people. Supporters of God's work really are indispensable pillars. And every time this message goes out, it is thanks to all the thousands and thousands of people who support God's work. And as a result of this message going out, people contact the ministry of the Philadelphia church of God. They go through the studying process to becoming baptized and receiving God's Holy Spirit and being converted to the truth. This work is changing lives for the better. And it is thanks to the support of brethren and coworkers and donors of this work. So you see money in this world, physical things in this world have a lot of value. 
in, in God's way of life, money has a lot less value. But there are still ways that we can use what God has given us. Ways that are pleasing to our Lord. Notice here as it continues in Luke 16, starting in verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And you, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So the lesson here continues. Christ is saying, by the way we take inventory of our lives today, God is deciding how much he can trust us with in the future. So if every one of us is a business and we are taking inventory of our business at this time of year and just considering how do we manage what God has given us, the blessings we have received. Now, you know, that could, that could be about anything. That could be about time management. That could be about really every single aspect of life. How are we managing our families? How are we managing our jobs? Every little responsibility that we have each day. And we have to manage the physical things in our lives the way that God expects or else he can't really trust us too much in the future. Our faithfulness in the unrighteous mammon, in our money, in our time, in our blessings, all of those physical things shows how much God can commit to our trust the true riches. So this is a time of year for self-examination leading up to the Passover, leading up to the Days of Unleavened Bread, the seven-day festival after Passover, and the Days of Unleavened Bread picture removing all sin. Mr. Armstrong wrote here, again in this March 18th, 1985 co-worker letter, why must we put leaven out of our homes for seven days at Passover time? To show us we must put every sin out of our lives. This is the time to take inventory in our business. To check up and see if we have put every sin completely out of our lives. We are taking inventory of the work of God's church. We are stewards running God's business for him through the power of his spirit. I can report to God and to you that the work is growing now as never before. We must be pleasing God for he is blessing us in his work. But time is short and we must try even harder. We must pray more earnestly and more often. We must each do our part to the extent of our ability. So you see, it's not 
just about money. When we talk about unrighteous mammon, there are plenty of things there that we can learn from the unjust steward. His resourcefulness and his ability to be wise with resources. At least he became wise when he needed to. Maybe he was a little bit sloppy and caring for his Lord's resources before that. And then the Lord put some pressure on him. And then all of a sudden the steward showed some real skill at managing resources. A big, a big part of that though is managing time. How much is it worth to us to spend a little bit of extra time each day in prayer? That is a big thing. We could literally measure our time each day. How much goes into worldly things and how much time goes into God and his work and his way of life? We can all measure. We can all take inventory of our personal business. We can all examine how well we have dealt with the little things in our lives Because when we're faithful in little, we will also be faithful in much. And God will reward us more when we are using unrighteous mammon, whatever that may be, for the right purpose. Making eternal friends by managing unrighteous mammon, as it says there in Luke chapter 16. Our support of God's work will make us eternal friends. People affected by this work will have their lives changed forever and will know them forever, for all eternity. We'll be able to look at those other people and say, I had a part in them receiving a greater reward. I mean, that's really, it just shows how physical things relate so much to the spiritual, how Managing physical things really does have a huge impact on spiritual things, on our future. So before Passover this year, we need to take inventory of our personal business, just like God's work is always taking inventory, examining ways to better fill needs and reach more people. Where should we cut back? Where should we invest more resources to be more effective? What are some new strategies we could try to get this message out to more people? Always thinking, always improving, always increasing productivity and efficiency in God's work. And we all can do that individually, increasing our productivity and efficiency. And it will have a major impact a positive impact on God's work. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.